The views expressed on the Health on a Wind podcast is not a substitute for the medical advice of your licensed physician, nurse practitioner, or any other health professional whose care you are under. Consult with your healthcare professional about any matters relating to your health and health needs, and before beginning any new health program or implementing any health information discussed on this podcast or on whatismyhealth.com. We're here with Alex Moncayo, who is an artist and a teacher. Mike Travato, your host of the 16th episode of the Health on a Whim podcast. Hey, Mike. Are you hearing me okay? Or? Yeah, yeah, this is good. So I know we talked about this when we first met, that we were going to be focusing on creativity. So I guess a good place to start, and it's appropriate that you're an artist, and when we first talked, we both kind of agreed that there sometimes can be a misconception or a narrow view of what creativity is. So for starters, what is your, what is your concept or idea of creativity? Yeah. So for me, I would say that the idea of creativity is just really vague and, and it can be very broad too. And for me, it's just, an accessible way of thinking, you know, that everyone should kind of get into the habit of trying out. I would say that it's just flexible thinking and applying the way you would solve a problem or the way you would approach something and kind of build your interests into um, a more personal cluster of ideas so that you can express yourself freely and do things that um, kind of reduce stress levels, I would say. I like the you used self-expression in that description because I think and I know for me I'm probably guilty of this too but like for for a long time when I thought of creativity my immediate knee-jerk reaction was art you know either painting or drawing or you know something along those lines or even making music but typically in my mind I, I would think of creativity first and foremost as visual and that's not always necessarily the case yeah definitely in my line of work where I teach uh, painting and I, I teach art too on an academic level I often have this response of oh you're so lucky to have these skills or to be able to think creatively and I wish I was creative is, is a common response to um, it as well and I'll often kind of embark on a conversation with these people as to a curiosity of what they would consider being creative or creative thinking and like you just said it really always kind of boils down to the aesthetic talents like painting and drawing and and you know creating music or creating fine art but it's really so much more than that i think that people get kind of uh stuck in these pockets of what uh, creativity or even art is and has to be the best example i can give is that something as simple as managing you know to put it on a term of of labor and work can be creative managing a group of people managing a classroom managing your schedule um or organizing even organizing your space those can all be creative my sister and i went to a museum it was an art museum in manhattan and i remember walking around the museum and looking at you know all the different pieces of artwork on display and i asked her not that i was trying to downplay any of the work in the museum but i asked her like you know i i feel like i'm not i'm i feel like i'm missing something like what makes some of these things art and her answer i thought was interesting but i want to i want to ask the same thing to you like what makes something like a painting 
or something along those lines? What makes something like that art? I would say that it really kind of all breaks down into the meaningful experience and process of making it. So for for what you might be seeing, there might be not so much as a, as a simple process of like a path for the artist to have gotten there, even though it may appear as um, kind of just one color on a canvas or one kind of gradient on a canvas. For someone else, it might be way more of a profound experience and a process in creating that. And I think that's where art is, um, you know, it becomes art as as considered art. I feel like a lot of people like to deal with concrete, tangible things. And so when you're talking about something like a process behind the tangible thing, it makes it a little bit harder to grasp. Do you think that it can be hard to grasp that as a concept for some people? Would you say like, you know, that you found that to be the case with artwork? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I'd say like even the most educated individuals still have a hard time understanding the fluid nature of art and creativity and expression. The best example is in schools, in curriculums that um, they monitor students based on like performance on standardized tests, like uh, national city and state standards that determine whether or not students are uh, performing artistically, which makes no sense, you know, yeah. and um, they all lack those fundamental elements of um, like a meaningful experience, um, you know, political and social themes in the art, ways to kind of be more attentive towards living and what's around you and to kind of produce something that is expressive of who you are and meaningful to who you are. You know, now that you mentioned that and talking about the school system, um, coming from a a teaching background, and this probably plays into why so many of us um, think of art first and foremost as a painting or a drawing, because if you think back to, say, elementary school, right, you have your subject areas and it's math, it's science, it's spelling, it's social studies, and then you have your art class. And in that art class, it was typically, unless, you, you know, maybe your school was a little bit more progressive in that kind of way but typically an elementary school art class at least from my experience was painting drawing and all those kinds of things so the association with the word art um probably at least i would think uh, largely comes from the school system yeah definitely and there's even a a statement where art kind of stays in the art department and these themes of self-expression and uh, meaningful process kind of get thrown onto art teachers as challenges and um you know i'm actually kind of studying this right now while i'm going to school to finish my degree in secondary education and in a methods class that i'm working with right now we're we're literally having this conversation we're talking about how right now in the art uh, education industry in this in this workforce we're looking for ways to kind of manipulate the curriculum into um 
you know, more of a transformative process for students. So how art can be transformative, but also meaningful to them and who they are. And they'll further say that this will play into self-awareness and self-worth and self-image and all these, you know, really positive emotional and intellectual uh, things that we really want students to leave with that they aren't necessarily leaving schools with now. But the question still stands is why is this a conversation of, of exclusively having to do with artists and art teachers? Why are artists responsible and why, why is this um, problem kind of being nested into the art department at schools and, and a role of the art teachers when again creativity is everywhere and they should submerge these students in this way of thinking in this critical process in all of their classes not just in art classrooms right and I remember my methodology classes in college um, you know there was there were several instances where the theme of um, interdisciplinary learning would come up and the idea was basically that you know all of these subjects don't necessarily exist in a silo and independent of each other but that there is some overlap so um you know they would try to teach us in these methods classes we would have conversations about where is the overlap from the phys ed curriculum into say math or reading or spelling and a lot of people found it kind of challenging to find that crossover but if you think about things like um, statistics, right, like basic statistics, you could take a physical activity like shooting a basketball and you could turn it into a math exercise where it's not just numbers on a page, but you're actually giving a tangible representation to the actions that you're doing. Having somebody shoot a basketball 10 times and keeping track of how many shots they made into the hoop is where you could find that overlap. But in theory, and in practice are two different things. And I found that, for me at least, and I don't know if you found this personally, but like being in the schools, there seems to be, there doesn't, like you said, there doesn't always seem to be as much of that creative overlap between subject areas. Teaching math fell on the math teacher and didn't necessarily, wasn't expected of a phys ed teacher, just like you're saying, you know, the responsibility for teaching creativity falls largely on an art teacher. But that shouldn't necessarily be the case. No, yeah, it's really a role for the entire school community. So I think that when you work in any school system that puts jobs on certain teachers or certain departments, the idea of community has already been kind of shaken up and broken down. And I think that will actually do the opposite and, you know, not build students' ideas of self-worth and self-awareness and self-image uh, and all those good things that their schools right now are working towards kind of incorporating into curriculum. So the idea of emotional intelligence versus um, regular kind of academic and procedural and performance-based intelligence. Mm -hmm. When you have classes like gym and art and music, there's a reason that those are students' favorite classes. And it's almost asinine for teachers, all teachers in the school, not to draw some sort of platform 
you know, off of those fundamental activities. So off of the kinesthetic um, idea of like throwing balls or standing up and moving around or off of the creative, uh, you know, approach to creating a composition and thinking about things artistically or even using music and mnemonic devices to help students remember things. So I think that teachers just need to work as a community more in order to see this, you know, change. Yeah, and I like that you brought up music and mnemonic devices. I always felt, I mean, if you think about music on the radio, most people can hear a song that came out 20 years ago, you know, if they're that old, and and still remember the lyrics to that song if it was one of the popular songs when they were growing up. And yet, there doesn't seem to be, for some reason, music is not incorporated nearly as much as it could be into the learning experience of students. And that always kind of confused me, because if you think about how easily we can recall a song and sing along to a song from decades ago. Yeah, I think like a big uh, part of this might be the inclusion of technology and kind of adapting education to work with the growing uh, technology fields right now. So I know that a lot of students are using tablets, take-home tablets or in class tablets and they're kind of taking a lot of their hands-on activities and turning them into digital activities. So an example I can give is um, instead of teaching cursive and, and dexterity skills through writing on paper, students are typing and using computers in their um, developmental stages, like all the way from middle childhood to adolescence. And I think that when you think of old school approaches to helping students remember, like old television programs where there was a lot of music involved and that's the way you kind of remembered the nutrition pyramid or whatever it might be the students are getting those things in diagrams and powerpoints now instead of uh you know like creative playful and interesting and, and engaging ways and i think that the approach to this is that because it's a different generation that is the way to engage them because they're all kind of encapsulated by their technology by their media yeah and i think i mean it's important to recognize technology and how prominent it is it's almost impossible to avoid technology in in most uh, you know, most environments, but sometimes I think it can get overplayed at the expense of some of those other creative processes. Like I, I've been hearing that, uh, you know, by 2050, they're going to stop teaching handwriting skills in school because everything is, nobody's going to be signing their name on anything. And to me, at least, I, I feel like that's kind of a scary thing because just the process of writing itself and having a feel for, like, pen on paper or some kind of, you know, writing implement on, on a piece of paper, you know, that's being taken away. And so going back to art, like, you know, there's, there's digital media and things like that and graphic design and all that, but... <clears throat> You know, there's still so much art that is putting ink on paper. Do you ever worry that that's going to get lost with this emphasis on technology? 
I, I don't I don't worry about that I really don't I, I think that um, digital art has already kind of made its boom and it's already a thing and it is a growing field but I don't feel that it took away from um, the irreplaceable sensation of, of putting things down in, in like the physical motion and, and process of it I don't think that that can ever be replaced digitally and I don't fear that we will ever be um, replacing that uh, traditional approach I don't I don't see that happening I don't I don't know maybe I might be wrong I just don't personally see that as an artist I would never uh, give up one for the other I personally hope it doesn't get to that point either and I, you know I could be just projecting an irrational fear but it just seems that the way things are trending sometimes that people are trying to take that element out of school and out of you know the education process that the future generations would have but like I always I always when I was a kid I I would always have and I still to this day I still always have like a pen and paper on me I carry a bag with me a lot of places like a backpack and in that backpack I always have like something to write with something to write on whether it's a notebook or like a legal pad or something along those lines so for me, I hope, you know, I hope that's not something that gets phased out. No, and I think that this uh, argument has been, you know, addressed long ago. I actually do recall uh, one of my professors used to give us quotes as kind of conceptual prompts at the beginning of an activity. And we would be responsible for illustrating or representing the ideas behind the quote in some way as a sort of a warm. But one of the quotes used was by Brad Holland, who is an artist and contemporary painter, who said that I doubt machines will replace art any more than wheels have replaced feet. So, you know, the same way people are still running and, and walking and like they need that to kind of express themselves like and you know release have that release and reduce their stress the same is is very similar to how you would walk around with that with that uh set of materials kind of ready to take this uh process on for yourself it's for yourself more than anything so when you're talking about like doing something for yourself and i know you you mentioned a couple times already like this concept of self-worth through creativity what is that what does that mean to you exactly? So for me, I really feel that creativity is a platform for happiness and for a higher level of intellectual and emotional health. And on that level, I think you'll find higher values of self-worth, which is just and self-image and self-awareness and all these things that kind of are tied into what uh, intellectual health is and intelligence. And that's just kind of being entirely aware of, of who you are and um, kind of not not necessarily scoring yourself but understanding what you're capable of and always um, pushing yourself to stay there or to transcend that and I think that when you are creative when you're able to kind of find interesting and new ways to um, move forward to kind of get one step closer to your goals then you do feel better about yourself and I think that if you don't do those things 
is when like a lot of self-doubt and guilt starts to build up and you start to kind of resent yourself for not being the person that you know you can be or, or worse the person that you really want to be but you just haven't put the effort in or haven't put together the puzzle pieces to figure out how creatively how you're going to get there and how you're going to enjoy doing it if that makes sense yeah it does so let me ask you this if if somebody if somebody wanted to be more creative or you know find that level of um, self-fulfillment and self-expression but then there's someone who whose idea of creativity is more restricted to painting or drawing and they say I can't paint I can't draw so I can't be creative like what would you what would you say to that person well I guess it's really kind of like a full circle um philosophy now because I would I would start by telling them or kind of uh informing them that creativity is not exclusive to those tasks so if it's if it's a matter of like them wanting to draw or wanting to paint that's one thing but if it's simply wanting to be creative and to kind of have that outlet that creative expression brings i would encourage them to find tangible um realistic tasks goals that they can do that they're already doing that they don't realize that they can be creative with so if i I always have this conversation with people i ask them because when they do say these things how do i be more creative or, or i wish i was more creative like you i'll say more times than not you already are doing something you're already submerged in in a field or a hobby or an interest that you are either being creative in and you're just not um noticing it you're just not like paying homage to it or you're just not sure yet that it is creative so i'll often kind of pick their brains and and when i do find something whether it's gardening or um just baking or cooking i i kind of try to just highlight that to them and put that under the light and say you know this is creative you are thinking creatively and now you want to take this idea and explore new depths with it like how can you switch up what you're doing how can you find new paths to different solutions and it doesn't necessarily have to be drawing or painting and if it is really the case that the person that you know wants to be creative truly does want to be creative in in the sense of what we would consider canon artists so like famous musicians and and artists that are known for painting and drawing and sculpting if they if this person truly wants to do those things then i would just encourage them to to buy cheap materials and give it a go because there's no wrong way to do it and they shouldn't allow the um stigma of skill and talent and imagination uh, block them from giving it a try because I find that people often feel that they need to take a class or um, learn from a master in order to do something like that which just isn't true and it kind of brings me back to the uh, canvas at the museum you, you can just do that you can do that a hundred times over and eventually something will click in the brain where you decide now it's time to pull this idea apart and put it back together in a different way so if i'm painting a hundred canvases in the span of a month and they're small canvases and it's really just kind of 
therapeutic process for me. I'll start really safe. I'll play it safe. I'll start with the one color. Maybe I'll start fading one color to another, but eventually I'm going to, and naturally I'm going to just kind of start trying new things and experimenting with it. And that is, that is creativity. That's just kind of fine, flexible thinking saying, you know what? I don't have to do it like this. What happens if I do it like this? What happens if I spill this paint or if I tap this paint? And then that's really, I feel how people learn and on like skill level, but I, I don't think creativity is exclusive to those tasks. I think, I think too, you know, I've also fallen into this sometimes because when I think about taking a paintbrush or taking a pen or pencil to a piece of paper in an attempt to draw or paint something, many times I fall into the trap of, you know, this idea that I have to, um, I have to create a specific image. Like I want to draw a picture of a house. Let's just say, I mean, that's not, that's not what I typically like to draw. But like when I don't think I can take the exact image from my head and recreate it on paper, I get frustrated by that. That's not to say that I can't paint or I can't draw. It just means that I might not be able to exactly paint or draw the thing that I'm envisioning in my mind. But that also has been a deterrent for me. Do you feel like people fall into that trap? Like when they come into your art class, is that a barrier that you find a lot of people have? Yeah, and I think that one idea kind of leads to the next. So if, if we backtrack for a second and we say that somebody wants to be creative, they kind of, they get, you know, they catch wind of, of how creative thinking and like a creative process might make an artist feel or maybe they have a friend that paints and, and that's a really profound and kind of releasing and therapeutic process for that person that then they might be inclined to give it a try but when they do give it a try and fall short of their expectations then I definitely have seen that can be discouraging but I do find that this often shines a light on the fact that um, they're most likely likely not uh, crazy about the idea of of practice of of like really digging in and they don't they oftentimes ask you know why is yours so much better than mine and it's really the fact that i've practiced what i do for years and 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 you know what i'm doing right now you know let's say it's the house and i'm teaching somebody to paint the house it's not right it's not right and theirs isn't wrong it's just like people get lost in the technical strength of pieces like you know technically and photorealistically a piece might be really strong but stylistically and uh, meaningfully it might not be it might not really move you and do anything for you and I think that um, when you compare work or when you have a setting where people are kind of aiming for a final product and not only are they aiming for the final product there's a skilled master, a skilled artist in front of them kind of produce the final product than anything that isn't you know very similar to that final product is registered as wrong right I wind up in these conversations with people and I say well you know look this this specific task this one way of being creative you know like any of them takes time it takes practice and time and if, if you're not passionate about it um you won't 
put the time aside to just do it and 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 kind of figure it out. You know, you need to ride the bike over and over again in order to uh, fall off, get back up and figure it out, kind of figure out how it works. So not that I would, I'm in the business of discouraging people not to try art, but I am constantly trying to break that, um, margin of what's creative and everything outside of it not being creative so i often say to people you know find something that you're really open to doing day in and day out and then you'll be good at it continue on to hear part two of this episode